Steven Seagal. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are the, you are on the top of the world, my friend. We are here. We are willing to do anything for you. It is the wonderful world. We are in the wonderful year of 1996. Nothing can go wrong. Oh, my God. Bill Clinton is president. It's wonderful. Now, what do you got for us? What do you want to do? Oh, really. Uh, come again? You want to you want to make a, a Bear, Barry's movie like Barry Son? You want to work with Sonnenfeld? No, no, no. He's okay. he's a hack. Oh. I want want to want to make every movie. Uh, every every movie. Yeah, every movie. I want to make every movie. Uh, uh, I want to make every movie. Okay. Uh, what like what kind of movie do you want to make? I want to make a you know a serial killer murder mystery. Okay, so you want to do like so you want to do like seven? Yeah, but you know better because I'm. In it. Of course, of course, Stephen. Why? Yeah, of course. Um, uh, okay, so we'll do seven. That's great. Buddy cop movie. Uh, well, I, I mean, I guess seven is kind of a buddy cop movie. No, like, no, 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 no. It's like comedy, buddy cop comedy. Okay, well, that's something different. Okay, so you also want to do a buddy cop movie, a comedy. Okay, that's that's cool. We can we can work on that. Uh, gangland crime movie. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, you. Do, I think you've done a few of those, so we can, yeah, we can do another one of those. You know, it's, it's, I'm assuming we will have. So yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. No problem. Um, is there any any other kind of movie you want to make? Anything else you got to pitch? Um, touching family movie. Uh, say that again, Stephen. A, a touching family movie. Okay. Um, I feel like these aren't strong pitches because you're just naming genres, but it's fine. It's fine. We'll go with it. Uh, touching family movie. Okay, cool. Um, so all these projects are lined up, uh, so we can start shooting the first one. Right. Martial arts. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you're the master. You, you, you're perfectly trained in every kind of fighting style. No one's ever denied it. Strengths of my ponytail. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't it be? Right. Um, okay. So, uh, we get a set what was that, sir? Like Samson. Yeah, you're you're just like Samson. Um, mm-hmm. now Stephen, uh, we do have to set up a lot of different shooting dates. It's a lot of movies. Uh, so of course we. Uh, no, 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 you're not. You're not listening to me. You're listening to me. You're listening. You're listening to me. Well, it's difficult to, but go ahead. I want to make all those movies. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make all those movies. No, 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 you're not. No, no. I want to make all those movies as one movie. As as a what movie? Sorry. As, as I want all those movies. Yeah, yeah. As one movie. A one movie. Just yeah, all those movies, one movie. Box office gold. You know when I pick a movie, that's when I'm under pressure. Now the question always comes back to me: What will they think? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to another episode of What Were They Thinking? I'm yes, Brendan. Uh, I'm Nathan. And we talk about bad to questionable movies every week, of course, on this here podcast. And uh, I don't know why we picked The Glimmer Man, Nathan, because this is flawless from start to finish. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Flawless victory. 
thankfully you need help when you're talking about a flawless film and we have got it ladies and gentlemen uh our guest today you may have uh you may have seen him in things like agents of shield brooklyn 99 as well as countless music videos he is an avid collector of deer penis memorabilia and he enjoys long walks on the beach with a mask on please welcome mr galen howard Hey guys, thank you so much for having me and uh, for this uh, spiritual awakening um, watching the uh, 1996's The Glimmer Man. Oh man, do you feel like I a, mean this a, is a this is a spiritual film? I don't. I hope you guys realize. Didn't add that to the opener. Oh, I want to make a religious movie too. <laughs> well, I've been cleansed. I've, it's like I've been. It's like I've taken you know a heavy dose of deer penis and just I've been. <laughs> I have been, my soul has been cleansed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like, like he says, you know, like crying. Uh, he has that very profound statement where he says, you know, crying cleanses your soul, you know? So I, I feel like I've had a nice long cry and, you know, just sucking on some deer penis. Uh, some uh, powdered deer penis, right? Powdered. It, it, well, powdered. Yes, yes. Well, let's be clear. This is powdered deer penis. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I suck on it through a straw, you know, like I, I, you know, I, I add it to my smoothie in the morning, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I mean I put it in my whiskey. I don't know about you guys. You know, some people swear by CBD. Other people's they swear by powdered deer penis. PDP. 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 Baby. Oh, the glimmer man. So guys, this this movie somehow sounds cost, like a horror movie. First of it, all, yeah, it does. Um, it also cost more than last week's movie when we talked about Street Fighter. What? Uh, yeah. What? The budget for this movie is forty-five million dollars. <laughs> Where Stephen um, Tobolowski? That they spent it all on Stephen Tobolowski, didn't they? Yep. As they should. As yeah, they he's should. a fantastic yeah. guy. He he definitely elevated his scenes. I mean, that was that was a highlight. You know, it actually got watchable for about five minutes. Yes. I'm assuming it also went towards uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne's therapy bills after making this movie with Seagal. <laughs> but this movie what? made at the box office. This movie made. 20 million dollars <laughs> halfway there guys yeah it's good you're a very glass half full guy aren't you mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah oh my god so less than half less than half its money back uh this was the tipping point for seagal this was the uh this is right before the direct-to-video stuff was mostly in his future yeah yeah he, i he think was, he had one more he made one more movie after this and then one more theatrical film and yeah then it was all direct-to-video after that i think it they they did exit wounds and half and, past yeah, dead. Fire down below came right after this. Oh, I thought fire down below was before this for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was right after. It was this is ninety six. That was ninety seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much, yeah, pretty much at the end of his of his rope as far as theatrical releases, except a few here and there. Um. But, I mean, let's just dig in and let's start this movie because nothing screams 90s more than the opening credits of this movie. Well, well the opening credits are is, – is, the opening credits is Seven. Yeah. It's just – yeah, it's, it's flying opening, credits. It's the opening sequence from Seven. But with, and then with, just with, shots with twang, of with, – But with twangy guitar. And a, <laughs> well, that's and a, a that's broken a, filter. Broken yeah. filter and twangy guitar. Just close-ups of mutilation, CSI style. Just great, great right. stuff. Like little night vision, little bits of night vision in there. So you don't <laughs> know what this is. It's it, from the beginning. I don't. And yeah, and I, well, and it's always good when it's that um, when when it's that uh, you know camera uh, camera out of out of a moving car ca- footage. You know, yeah. you all 
know you're in good hands, you know, when it's just like, like, oh, let's just stick the camera out a window and drive that around. Is only a valid thing to do if you're open shooting the opening to Kids in the Hall. Just gonna <laughs> say. Exactly. This movie well, needed Dave Foley in the yeah. Seagal role. I get it. Or at least his penis. Ah, uh, oh, you could play, could have played the deer penis. <laughs> Dave Foley's deer penis. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see. Um, side note: I would like to see Seagal play the chicken lady. <laughs> that. I don't. I don't. Have, I don't want to lose any fights. You're, you're not. You're not fighting. You're not you're fighting anybody. Uh, fuck chicken lady. <laughs> I imagine that's how the SNL rehearsals went when he hosted it oh. in the early 90s. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, classic. So, I haven't actually tried to watch any of those sketches, it's, but well, I, I, I've only heard the legends. There's Dude, two sketches bro. on that entire episode that don't have Seagal in them, and they're great. And then everything else, of course, is garbage. He wouldn't do anything that 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 poked fun at him or or was self-effacing in any way. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you're going to do Saturday Night Live, that's the stance you got to take, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to be know. super uh, not cooperative. That's the best way to go in. I, I mean, he, he, he made them long for the days of Chevy Chase. <laughs> <laughs> so Seagal uh, comes into this movie with absolutely no fanfare whatsoever because we see Keenan Ivory Wayans playing a cop, and I don't remember his character's name. I apologize. Um, but we have Steven Seagal. I think he plays like Seagal's like Ray Cole or something. Jack Cole. Jack, Jack Cole. Okay. He's a Jack Cole. And... He's definitely a Jack Cole. Jack Cole. Jack Cole. Jack Cole of all trades, man. <laughs> Keenan just like saunters into like his old partner's office and Seagal's just sitting there and he's just kind of like, oh, hey, nice beads. I guess you're the new guy. That's your introduction. That's it. Both of these people, we have no idea who these people are. Like, no. you know, like if you look at something like Lethal Weapon, we have like we it takes its time. We we're introduced to the characters. We we were invested in these people. First scene, we know there's some crime. We're introduced to these people. We have no idea who they are, why we should care about them or anything. Um, so this movie thinks it's seven. I didn't uh, note that right away. Um, yeah. And Seagal and Wayans, they have, I, oh, man, I know we talk about this a lot, Nathan, about people that don't have chemistry, but holy shit. They <laughs> look like they want to kill each other. I'm going to tell you something. Um, <laughs> Keenan Ivory Wayans uh, in this movie with Seagal, um, he had less chemistry the Damon Waynes had with Clayne Crawford towards the end of the second season of Lethal Weapon, the TV series, and they right. apparently hated each other. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, oh, it, it's yeah, it's miserable. I mean, you just see how you know how uh, you, you just you just you can just feel the misery on his face in every scene. <laughs> um so and i'm glad you mentioned we mentioned snl earlier because there is something that comes into play here because we start off with a big set piece where uh this guy is um basically he's a maniac you know he's in the school he's in a high school and he's threatening to kill someone or kill himself or whatever and right. i mean it's basically like the, it's the equivalent of like the suicide jumper in um in lethal weapon yeah only better <laughs> oh, so much better, you know. But yeah. Seagal but, shows up. Yeah, so yeah, because it, we're we're introduced to like this, like like um like stu uh, you know um this like high school student in a Catholic school. This this kid who who looks thirty. I mean, he looks thirty years old. <laughs> His girlfriend is Nikki Cox, who was like mm -hmm. I, I think she was like at least twenty six at this point. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but what's interesting here is there's an offhand comment he makes when he enters the school where someone comes up to him and says, yeah, we tried therapy. And he's like, huh, guess that didn't work, huh? Very like snarkily. And it just reminded me that when there was a story of when he hosted Saturday Night Live where he actually mm-hmm. did pitch a sketch idea where he would play a therapist that where Julia Sweeney would come in to see him for appointments and every appointment he would rape her because, quote, that's what therapists fucking do. Oh. Wow. Wow. Oh. I'm oh, sure that went man. over great with Julia Sweeney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was Nora Dunn still around at that point? Because she would have had a field day. <laughs> no, oh, unfortunately, boy. that would have been fantastic, though. This is the same same Seagal who, like, um, who's, like, reportedly took out his penis during callbacks. Yeah. So, and yeah. Uh, the same no, Seagal no, no. who... It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. <laughs> who's sitting at a table with a bunch of... Uh, Females and apparently was just like had his hands underneath, feeling all of them up. He's not I'm a good not, guy. He's not a good character. I'm a character. I'm a character. I give great massages. Just go with it. Go with it. <laughs> yeah, let's ask Catherine Heigl how good he is in staying a character. Mm-hmm. So I got a serious question at this point. Uh, well, actually, we should talk about the scene first because he um <laughs> he stops the whole thing by pushing him through a window into another building through that window clears the Mm -hmm. gap with no loss of trajectory at all straight across an alleyway a physically impossible feat what's great is that the shot of it from outside you can see like as he's going out that they're not gonna make it and then suddenly they're on the other side (laughs) (laughs) like it's almost parody level But yeah, no. So my so my question is: so he stops him, he saves him. Find you find out that guy is like the the son of like a like some sort of like drug dealer, Russian whatever. Right. Um. But the thing the thing is, okay, does Steven Seagal and maybe I haven't watched enough Steven Seagal movies, but does he think that he's not white? Oh the oh the the when when he when when he tells the guy to get his white ass out of here. <laughs> well, that yeah, and there's just some other moments when I was like, is he trying to like affect a voice? <laughs> Fire well, you know, down there's, below. There's also like you know later on there's there's footage of him like you know in you know you know you know later on I think like when he was doing that like reality like cop show when he was like playing a when he was when it was like following him around as like a deputy or whatever and he's. And there's a certain point in his in his career where he's 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 adopted Ebonics. Yeah. And he'll like, you know, hey, you know, he'll he'll talk like, you know, hey, you, you know, you get on out of here. You get on out of here. You know, and it's like, yeah. And that's it's it's incredibly uncomfortable. Well, I know. Let's see. There's that. There is the fact that he played an Eskimo in or uh, Inuit. In uh, yes. Fire Down Below. I should know better. I'm Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> um, he play he plays an Inuit in Fire Down Below. Uh, uh, on Deadly Ground, I think it was. It was. That oh, was on Deadly Ground. Was, yes, it was on right. Deadly Ground. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's it's at all on the the something. It's 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 always the yeah. three. That was three his environmental words. movie. Yeah. Yes. And I'm uh, surprised so, he just straight up hasn't done blackface yet. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, him and Neil Diamond, yeah. <laughs> Coming this year, Steven Seagal is the jazz singer. Yeah. Well, They're later in the movie, he goes, he go, they go to the uh, the Chinese herbalist, um, oh, yeah. and he's Chinese, so uh, it could very well be that he is 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Thinking that he's part, supposed to be part Chinese in this he movie. Definitely, he definitely thinks he's Asian as well. Yeah. Right. Well, like, he he also has spoke has spoken out that he um that the the Dalai Lama he's he claims told him that he was the descendant of another Lama that he was the reincarnation <laughs> of a of a, a of a of a deceased Lama. So he also he he believes that as well. I, oh, I, I believe that as well, but not in regards to the spiritual leader, more or less the cousin of the alpaca. Oh, I could see him being, you know, the, a relative of, you know, a, a mountain goat type animal that you make uh, you know, sweaters out of their you know, wool. <laughs> did you guys did you guys not hear the story of when Seagal told one of his fellow castmates that he had been uh, named a, de- a deity by the Dalai Lama? <laughs> no. Oh, well, apparently he went into this big diatribe. He's very, he's like, you know, the Dalai Lama sought in his infinite wisdom to deem me a deity. And, you know, now I have yeah. such clarity. I have such, I have such vision. I can see things for what they are. I, and then he's going on like this for about five minutes. And then apparently some stagehand comes by and he's like, hey, Seagal, your ex-wife's on the phone. He's like, you tell that fucking bitch. The kids are mine. <laughs> Quite the deity. Quite the deity. Just, just Zen. Just a Zen yeah. master. Yeah, that's he. He was zenning out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, yeah. A teachable moment for sure. Thank you. <laughs> so, Glimmer Man. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. Seagal. Uh, after he saves this guy, uh, who again ends up being the son of the mob guy. Um, so Devereaux. Another side note: Which golden girl would you cast Seagal as? <laughs> oh, uh, he's a Dorothy. Yeah. Very, very serious and aggressive. If you had a party and invited everyone you knew, you see the biggest <laughs> gift you've made. They kicked to the fucking face. Ma, Ma, I'm sending you back to Shady Pines. <laughs> oh, but anyway, so the mob guy's enforcer comes to the police station. He's basically like, hey, you know, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for saving the kid's life. And he's like, you know, he says that line that Galen mentioned earlier, get your ugly white ass out of here. Which made me laugh for ten minutes. Um, what? It makes no sense. Like, what are you doing? Like, did he? I wonder if like that was Keenan's line, and he's just like, I want that line. Right. Okay. Well, and we're gonna change it. Would not it a surprise bit. me at all. <laughs> we're gonna would change even... it a little bit for you, uh, Stephen. No, don't don't change it. It's fine. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Yeah. Well, he he takes he's he takes every every one liner. I mean, he always has to have the last the last the final zinger in every scene. Even, Even if, if said one-liner yeah. conflicts with everything he said previously in the Absolutely. scene. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll see that throughout. And he is a perfect character. Like, no, there are no flaws. <laughs> there is no... I mean, no, I mean, like, as far as the story is concerned, as far as the movie is pushing, he has no fucking character That's flaws right. whatsoever. That's right. No fatal flaw, no, um, no internal conflict, no, nope. um, no, no personal challenges. He has no... He has no arc. I mean, that's another thing. He he has absolutely no arc. He has not changed one iota from beginning to end. So this is when we find out that uh, so they're going in to investigate. There's there's these killings. They call him the family killer or the family man. Family man. Family man. This is where a lot of the stuff, the the name of the movie alone bothers me. Like I said at start, it sounds like it's a horror movie. Mm -hmm. All right, the Glimmer Man. I mean. You think of the Slender Man, the Bye Bye Man. Bye Bye Man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, All classics. Like, yeah. They're, they're dreadful. Yeah. 
that's not I'm not I'm not saying they're good movies, but oh. that's though they sound like horror movies. And this sounds like a horror movie. So much so that you would think that the killer in this movie that you're supposed that we think we're gonna get right out of the gate, uh, is named the Glimmer Man mm-hmm. for, you know, some reason or other. We don't but that that's not what happens. They they right. the serial killer is called the family man. And you will find out later if you continue to listen who the Glimmer Man really is. Uh, spoiler alert, but I guarantee you, if that Seagal said, if that's the name, if that's the nickname you're giving me, that's the title of the fucking movie. Oh my god. My guess is it was probably the the Glimmer Man was originally the um the serial killer, what yeah. they called the serial killer, and then he was like, no, that's me, that's me. <laughs> I'm the Glimmer Man. Just like that, I, I no, that's you. not that, Stephen. That's that has nothing to do with you. And so then that's why they had to make up that whole story that just comes out of nowhere later on of how like an RKO. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boom, got it in, got it in. Uh, so yeah, they go to the morgue because yes. now we're actually going to get into the, oh. I guess, <laughs> pardon the pun, the meat of this whole thing. Oh boy. Um, because they Those go poor to actresses. See... Those poor, poor actresses. Oh my god, that casting call. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, look, guys. Yeah, I just need to see. You just need to see your tits because you're gonna be on a slap. Can we? Uh, can we just? Can we just double check and make sure this isn't? This wasn't a Miramax film. <laughs> I just want to make absolutely sure. So they're explaining what what happened, and uh, the coroner says it really doesn't matter that the the family man killed this poor woman because uh, she would have been dead in a couple of months anyways because she had like. Um, you know, this type of sarcoma and yeah. someone's like, Oh, dumb it down. I'm like, come on. You hear the word sarcoma. You know what that means. Everybody knows what that means. It's cancer. Yeah. It's, it's but, yeah, they're making him so stupid. I mean, like, but yeah. no, but who asked to dumb it down? Not Steven Seagal. No, of course not. Yeah. No, he's also. a free, he's friggin' Sherlock Holmes with the every little bitty detail. He he's he has the answer to every problem. He's and 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 later on he can he can perfectly um he he's you know he he can perfectly you know wield a wield a surgical knife and and cut open her boob. Yeah, and, and, and what, knows that that the surgical implanted uh, breast implant would have a serial number that they could track down to find out who she is. Okay, so we just said it. So anyone who hasn't seen the Glimmer Man just heard all of that and was like, "What?" That's <laughs> so right. He he takes it upon himself, which I'm just gonna say I don't think he's allowed to just take a knife and start cutting. Um, no. But he nope. just starts cutting her boob open because he looks at them and he says, "You know what? They're too perfect." <laughs> He knows just from looking that she has fake boobs, and he knows from looking at her jaw that she's Russian. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, 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 I love. He says like, "Oh, you know, uh, uh, Keen Ivory Wayne says like, oh, they're, you know, those are those are nice breasts.'" He's like, "Too nice. They're too nice." <laughs> as if like, <laughs> as if like that implies like, if boobs are too nice, they're probably fake. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, spoken by someone who looks at a lot of boobs. Um, so every time uh, he looks in the mirror, <laughs> the, the two on his chest and him in general as a boob. Oh boy! So. Um, Don't add us. Yeah. And did you did you notice how quickly he extracts that implant? Like in oh, two yeah. seconds. He didn't have to contend with any sort of muscle or uh, yeah. any sort of viscera. Nothing. Just you know, slice, plop, plop. Uh, yeah, fizz, just like fizz. squeeze it out of it. It's like oh, what a relief re- it was. Barely even had time to reach in. It was literally just boop, boop, boop. 
that was a, that was actually a perfect recreation. I, I, I wish people could see uh, what just happened because Galen perfectly reenacted that scene. <laughs> so this um, is when we we go to for some reason the Chinese herbalists. Seagal knows them and he speaks the language perfectly. And guys, I just want to point out right now, because the movie makes us know this, Keenan Ivory Wayans is playing a character that is straight, okay? He doesn't cry. He's totes straight. I don't know that number. <laughs> it's Steven Seagal. I don't know that number. <laughs> don't answer it. I'm not answering his phone calls. It's a good movie, you know, it's, a, it's a funny. It's a good movie, right? It's a good movie. I get a Google alert every time I hear that movie. <laughs> Every time people talk about me, <laughs> but this is this is the this is the classic scene of the film because Keenan and Seagal are in the, in this uh, in the store, and uh, Keenan everyone says he's allergic to the incense. So um, right, Seagal Se- does the classic trick of making him eat powdered deer penis. <laughs> that old chestnut. Right, and it's and and it, and and by having him. In, him in on the joke is um, having him presented as a joke kind of kills the humor of it because it'd be it, it'd be one thing if it was like if he if because he presents himself as this spiritual guy I mean he's in there to um, you know he's he's all about his herbs he knows these people very well this is part of his culture apparently or the culture that he has embraced and mm-hmm. so it would be one thing to be like oh you should check this out this is like you know this will this will heal you whatever but instead it's like oh. You are, you just ate deer penis, <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, it, it, it completely it'd be much better if it was like, oh, yeah, that's deer penis. I eat it all the time. And then and then you have a contrast. But instead, it's just like, ha. <laughs> yeah, it's more of like a Seagal being like, ha, huh, you made a big deal out of saying you didn't cry earlier. But now you're totally gay because you just ate deer penis, dude. <laughs> right. I mean, like, you can tell that, like, he. He went, you know, with every, you know, he went through the script and was like, and and was always like, I gotta be, I gotta be head of the joke. Say, like, see, see, no, no, I, 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 the joke's on him, not me. But but Stephen, just two lines before you you said that it was perfectly okay to be, you know, in touch with your feelings. Oh, I gotta make fun of him for being in touch with his feelings. And, <laughs> eating two penis. Uh, it's, it's only it's only okay when I do it. <laughs> Uh, so now after this scene, which again doesn't really serve a purpose, um, yeah, it serves, it serves absolutely no purpose. It, no, it, it's it serves for another lazy joke later in the movie. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. Also, there's we get this little running we get this little running theme where uh, where Keenan Ivory Wayne's character is kind of, kind of makes these occasionally makes these kind of racist comments. Like almost like like there's that one bit where he like says like I can't you know like where the 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 Chinese clerk is saying is talking to him he says can't you see I'm black yeah, yeah. so I wouldn't I, there's like, no way I could understand Chinese because I'm black because I'm black and, and like in the beginning like he walks in and he like speaks like fake Chinese like in this very racist you know racist moment like just being like oh blah 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 this is what you sound like <laughs> I'm surprised Seagal didn't take those lines. <laughs> <laughs> it's not racist, I mean, yeah like well he, he could yeah i mean he he you can definitely see him just like taking every line from a, any other character that's a good line i, I, I should i should i should have that line but, but steven that's steven tobolowski's line i'm also steven <laughs> I, same steve i all stevens i'm every steven 
Paul Stevens matter. Steven. Yeah. <laughs> so they go, they go, they go and stop. Uh, they, they get called away, or Seagal takes the call because he he takes every call that comes in on the radio. And I guess they're just counting on this, on them showing up to the crime scene because it's an ambush. And Steven Seagal says the immortal line, "Wow, you uh, you brought a screwdriver. It's kind of like bringing a screwdriver to a gunfight. It's like yeah, it's exactly like that, Steven." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's there's no there's yeah, it's there's no simile. It's like it that's literally what it is. Yep. But then you guys, he gets out of it. By the way, he he says to Keenan Ivory Wayans, "I don't, I don't fight. I I'm not a violent man by design." <laughs> but how God, many people do we see him kill in this movie? Movie with his um with with, with his with his credit card switchblade. His credit card knife. Yes. Yeah. God. By the way, if you, you have if you have fashioned a credit card switchblade, you can't tell me. Oh, my religion says I can't kill. I'm not a violent person. You yeah. you took the time to to fashion a. <laughs> A concealed a weapon, and I, I love also this is the one. Uh, this is like the first scene where we see his fighting style, which is just slapping really quick. <laughs> just Drunken kind of monkey, moving his arms like. <laughs> uh, and everyone just kind of moves around him. It's like if you have a giant wrestler, um, like I don't know, like a Yokozuna or something, just barely moving, and everyone just bounces off of him and does the work. Yes, that's pretty. Good. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like everyone comes at him. Yeah, there is a line here, guys. I swear to God, someone after this says he's like Bruce Lee, only better. Okay, I have that note. I guarantee you, he shoehorned that line in for himself. Of course he did. He makes Keenan Ivory Wayne's describe him to the police chief like that. It's like I don't even know. Like he wasn't, he wasn't doing anything. He was just standing around. Then he just starts fighting. He was like Bruce Lee, only better. I was like, no, mm, mm. oh, you keep oh, his boy. name out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also has the line in that in that same scene. He has the line, um, "He's weird. He speaks Chinese." <laughs> yeah, that's real weird, guys. <laughs> so weird, <laughs> so weird. Speaking a different Again, language. He has this kind of. They're giving these moments of making of of, of having Keen Ivory Wayne's just slightly racist because he also has the line in that scene before where he's he's like, "Oh yeah, I speak Russian," and then he like. Then he like kicks some dude's ass and he goes, "Yeah, I speak Black Russian." <laughs> like, yeah, your Russian's it? pretty good. Yeah, you I get it, guys. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Like, I, that yeah, that adds up. What? <laughs> um, there's some more murders at this point. One of them is a psychiatrist, and one of them we find out is Seagal's ex-wife. <gasps> so now there's some suspicion that Seagal may be. The killer. Of course, we know that's bullshit because Steven Seagal is starring in a movie that he, by the way, it was um, he produced this. I just noticed this on the credits. <gasps> he was one of the producers. That makes he... so much more sense now. I also love that scene because it, you always know that the actor is really bringing it when 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 the other actor when the other actor they're uh, they're working with has to has to be the one to notice you know they're having an emotional reaction. Because he just like looks at them, he looks at the bodies and like slightly grimaces, and then and then Keen Ivory Wayne's has to say, "Are you okay?" And it's like he literally he just he looks like he's just he's he he's battling indigestion. Yes, he like had a little bout of gas there, like he ate like, subway mm. too quickly. 
I know I said that crying was okay, but I don't want to cry in this movie. Well, Steven, uh, it's your ex-wife, don't you think? Shut the fuck up. I don't know. Shut I don't the cry. fuck up about my ex-wife. You cry. tell her the kids are mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Zen. I'm a fucking Zen master. <laughs> he goes and immediately tells his children that their their mother was brutally murdered. Um, I have to tell my kids their mother's dead. That's also when we meet, like when when we meet his new wife, which is oh. which just comes out of nowhere. Like uh, no, in you know, for the for the first twenty five minutes, there's you don't ever get the sense that this man is married. No. Also crazy, but I think she was a lot younger than him. Right. Hmm. I think it's I think it's great. You know, those kids got paid background money because neither one of them spoke. <laughs> Not a yeah, single not, one of them. Not a single one of them cried or said, "Mommy" or "Daddy." What happened? Not a line. Not a word came out of those kids' mouths because they were getting paid as extras and not as actual actors. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I also, I also love how they, they're the one, the one uh, line of the one establishing, the one character establishing line for the wife is she just in the beginning. She's like on the phone, and then, then he enters, and she goes. Um, and and he goes like, oh, what's going on? And she goes, oh, I uh, I have a new patient. Uh, they say she doesn't have long to live. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And just completely, just and completely nonchalant. Like, oh yeah, she's gonna die soon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was a long day at the office. Uh, yeah. We had a new file come in. Oh yeah, she's gonna die. My patient's gonna die. If I have a wife in this movie, I want her to be a fucking failure. <laughs> Nobody can be better than me. Nobody. Can be she loses patience every day. Make sure she got three dead people. <laughs> Seagal, that's a weird uh, kind of subplot to throw into this movie. Let's make it happen. It's so it just it, it, yeah, just that establishing line. Like yeah, yeah, we get it. She's 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 a nurse or a doctor or something. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, yeah, um, that's, that's it. Yeah. Seagal at this point tries to get a hold of one of the better actors in this movie, Brian Cox. Oh my gosh, he's so much better than this movie. Uh, and he's trying to he's trying to get a hold of him with like code names and shit. We don't know anything about what this is. It, again, you think this starts out as a murder mystery? It's got like the Russian mafia and shit involved now, and like CIA, and it's just horse shit. Um, but he tries to get a hold of Brian Cox, and you know he 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 blows him off basically. Um, but that doesn't stop Seagal from going into a restaurant. <laughs> And just the the best thing is like he again again he is not a violent man guys he is not I, a violent man. This scene I didn't check the credits and I really should. But was the Mater D Sasha Baron Cohen? Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> it no. looked like him. No. That t- that that big bushy mustache like Borat no. and the, the big hair. <laughs> you don't remember when he punched him and he was like my wife <laughs> my wife nice. <laughs> <laughs> he knocks the fucking Major D out with no provocation, with no. absolutely no provocation. He's just like, yeah, he's just like, oh, slap, 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 slap. I mean, he's kind of rude, but that's about it. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Did you also notice that, like, the, he's speaking, he's speaking to the guy with like this, like, with this like thick sort of Esperanto Italian accent, oh, yeah, and he's then, affecting uh, the accent. and then immediately just turns to him and is is like, yo, hey man, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, playing. Like he I actually, only speaks Italian on the phone. Like, what, what, what's going on? I actually thought that was like a a 
for this for all the nonsense in this movie i actually thought that was kind of a funny character detail and that he was like he's got to play up the like the look of the restaurant and like the the you know just how you know the setting of the restaurant and everything and then really he's just like some schlub like well and that's it like the idea i'm guessing is that if they were because the the, don't forget the restaurant was closed at that point yeah Um, they were doing like a i don't know like a private function and mm-hmm. basically it's closed so that the mafia don can talk to the crooked senator uh or cia guy or whatever and uh so they have to like if somebody calls in use your accent if the store if the place was open and they were taking in people and doing reservations he would be forced to put on the accent if anybody's in that restaurant when it's closed they're in the know and they know this guy's a schlub so you just don't don't worry about it kid I, Do you imagine like when they're when when they're training their uh, their staff and it's like you get you get docked like mm, mm, you didn't use the you didn't use the accent you didn't use the accent. <laughs> so you're saying like uh, like Brad Pitt from like uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards would be like a good journal <laughs> <this> place. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Seagal goes into, cause he wants to go talk to Brian Cox. Cause he's like, what's going on with this killer? Is it a CIA, CIA operative? What's going on? Blah, mumbles a lot. I had mm-hmm. to have the subtitles on. I couldn't hear what he was saying half the time. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> did you notice the, did you notice when he's, he sits down and like, he then, um, he then like grabs the Senator's plate over, but doesn't eat it. He's just like, I'm just going to take this. I'm going to do this bit where I take the food. Uh, forget it. I'm not going to use it. It's total alpha move. <laughs> it's my food now, but I, I can eat it if I want. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I remember I ate a big sandwich. Uh, never mind. Uh, it's, it's what actors call business. I got some business in the scene. Actually, business. Brad Pitt, he, he uses food. He uses food for business. I can do it too. Look at this. Uh, forget about it. Anyway, I trained Bruce Lee. I'm out. Oh, yeah. When I was six. Yeah. yeah. I'm everything. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he thinks the killer, the, the, the family man killer or whatever is like a former CIA guy. Uh, no, no, no. He thinks, okay, here, this is, and this is where things take a real wild divergent. Uh, there is, he is theorizing that the family man killer is a legitimate serial killer with the whole, you know, voices from God and that sort of thing. But the last killing was done by a professional hitman who was trying to cover his tracks to make it look like the family man killer. Guys still right. with us? You still with us, guys? I yeah, I, I had a stroke. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Seagal Seagal, after his meeting with Brian Cox, he does do a lot more push foo. Um, as he's like beating <laughs> up some of the people. I mean, they're exactly all flipping over him and landing in tables. He's not doing anything. He's doing nothing. No. Uh, um, they, they, they ADR some parking validation, uh, jokes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right in a parking. <laughs> you can right. tell it's ADR cause it's not mumbled. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now. Okay. Someone utters the line. Um, we got to hurry up and get back to nineties and I've never, um, associated so much with a line in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Keenan does doesn't he? This is a bit, the bit where he meets with like an art teacher or something, and yeah, yes, and he finds out that the 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 killer or one of the killers at least is a man named Christopher Maynard, played by Stephen Tobolowski. Mm-hmm. He's so um, much better the, than this the movie. great, yeah, 
No, for real. Yeah, you were saying earlier too, Galen. Um, he owns his screen time. Like he's great in the limited amount of time he's in this movie. Tobolowski is a guy. Every time I see him, he does well. He is such a fantastic character actor. I really, really wish his um success was even broader or bigger than it is. He's got the. He's got the great gig on the, the Goldbergs' as principal ball, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows him as Ned from the from Groundhog Day. Absolutely. This movie right here, just the five minutes that we see him, is like like you said, the only really good part of this entire movie. He shows that he has such fantastic range by doing this like serial killer tortured character that it makes you forget for just the briefest of times that you're in a shitty Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he should have, I mean, he, he, at this point, like he deserves like Richard Jenkins career. Yeah. There you go. Agreed. Of course, guys, this is going to blow you. This is going to blow everyone's minds, but mm-hmm. everyone goes looking for him. And Seagal is the only one smart enough to say, <laughs> wait, let's go to the closest church. Cause I bet you he's there. <laughs> <laughs> Sure enough, he shows up. There is a there standoff is. where uh, Tobolowsky has a priest. Uh, Seagal helps get the priest out of there by asking if he could walk over and then saying, get out of here. Get out of here. Hey. <laughs> and then Come apparently, over. Come over. apparently one of the hardest scenes to agree to get Seagal to do behind the scenes was have this standoff where Tobolowski is like, I'm going to kill you if you don't kill me. And Seagal ends up shooting him because, you know, or else he's going to kill him. Um, apparently, Stephen Tobolowski had to convince, had to be the one to convince Seagal to do this because right. he was like, yeah. I don't think I should shoot anyone. And he had to like word it in a way where like, well, Stephen, um, what you're doing really is like send it is like freeing my soul. And when he put it oh, that right. way, Seagal was like, so I can okay, be reincarnated. So my soul can ascend. Yeah. So what yeah. you're saying is that Stephen Tobolowski uh, is the Stephen Skull whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> he was able to communicate. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, and and, and, and mind you, this is after this is after the character has sliced throats. I mean, uh, you know, you know, later, uh, you know, spoiler alert, later on, he, you know, like impales someone like through the uh, through the neck. I mean, you know, it's like there's, <sighs> you know, the, it, it makes, it, you know, why why he takes exception here is just confounding. Yeah, for a guy who doesn't fight, he murders a lot of people. Massacres. <laughs> Galen, they're in a church. I will also say this. This is the second time he has had to try to negotiate a hostage situation. And both times, the person he was talking to wanted to kill themselves. I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> and 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 they're in a they're in a religious building, right? Right. Interesting. Yeah. Obviously, but, both uh, yeah. of them know they know if they're in the uh, in one's in a Catholic church, the other's in a Catholic school. If they're following the tenets of that religion, they know that if they kill themselves, they're doing themselves to eternal damnation. So, the alternative to talking to Steven Seagal is eternal damnation, and they chose eternal damnation. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna just a theory a, I'm working on, just chopping it around. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. Uh, so they, of course, the cops show up after this has all happened, and they're For like, sure. well, "Why the fuck you kill him, you fucking idiot?" And they take him in to get a lie detector test, uh, internal affairs, and of course he passes it with flying colors. And they say, "Listen, he's either the greatest liar that has ever lived, or he just he's telling the truth. Yeah. Like I've never I've well, never he, seen results like this." Is what they say. 
he passes the test, but he also he also ends it prematurely. It, like halfway through, he's just like, I'm done. Well, yeah, like I, I wrote down, like, of course, if you did a test of like 100 questions and you only answered five of them and you got those five right, you aced it. Like, of course. Yeah. yeah and they were, they were just like, perfect. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's I mean, is that like how he took his SATs? It's like, you know, five minutes. Like, Fuck you. I'm done. He wrote like, his name like, and he was I like, guess I guess so. Got, OK. I got, yeah, he's. Oh, and, and by, by the way, uh, uh, Stephen Tobolowsky uh, was in New York when the last two killings happened. So we find that out in the scene, too. And then breaks into John Woo's apartment, apparently. <laughs> so many doves and pigeons in that, in that apartment. <laughs> oh, the indoor birdcage? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is this where he just has that fight with the assassin dude or whatever, yes. the ninja? Yeah. Yes. He gets, he's literally, I'm like, he he's literally being attacked by ninjas. <laughs> Really? really and that I don't dude think goes golden and globus would take such a bold <laughs> stance <laughs> and oh, that yeah. is the house that ninjas built that's right yeah and that's where he goes back that that ninja dude goes back to uh Deverell and he's like yeah there's nothing to tie you to any of these murders don't worry about it <laughs> and and the next thing we we uh we get to be reminded of two way better movies why? Okay, this is continues a trend. Bad movies that we've talked about on the show, referring to classic movies. For some reason, they want they want to remind us how shitty this is because <laughs> Keenan Ivory Wayne's big thing is he loves Casablanca. For well, no actually, reason. No, it, well, it doesn't it, reveal anything about his character. I again, I feel like there was probably so many rewrites from what this probably originally started out as whereas Keenan Ivory Rain's character was a really fully developed three-dimensional type character who had like who was a film buff and would probably talk about how like it's you know an escapism for him and it's an expression for human emotion and the human condition but we gotta cut all that I gotta fight people and make you eat deer penis <laughs> but also don't remember I'm not a violent man Right, right. So he's gone to see a, a film festival where they're showing not only Casablanca, but Philadelphia Story. Yeah. Like, come on. And then and then they have this bit where Seagal meets up with them, and they have this bit where, you know, Keenan and Ivory Wayne's pretending to not cry. And then when they're outside, I think I'm they just have... saying, if you don't, that... you're a robot. You're a robot. <laughs> also, that was some of the worst crying acting I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah that was just like, <laughs> what what they probably just was like they were always like go action or act or whatever yeah and we got to uh, for 10 minutes before he passes out again if if they had had time to set it all up they could have said kanan kanan your your motivation in this movie is that um it's it's really successful and you have to make two more sequels with Seagal. Then they would have got real crying out of Keenan Ivory Wayne's in this scene. You just, got a new, you just got a new roommate. Guess who it is? Ah! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. 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 And they have this terrible, like, attempt at humor where Seagal is like, Keenan says, uh, you never seen Casablanca? You asking me if I've ever seen Casablanca? Yeah, I'm asking you. You asking me if I've ever seen Casablanca? Of course I've never seen guys of blank. Ah, no. No. Classy. Yeah. And classy. then they, and then they walk, they walk together away from the theater. Yeah. <laughs> I never noticed that. He's a, yeah. He's like, I'm going to go see that movie. He's like, he's like, Oh, Oh, what, what, what movie? Oh, you never seen, it's Casablanca. You never seen Casablanca? No. Okay. Let's go. And then they walk away. 
you think they're going to go watch it at home? What happened? Like, no, no, he's going to come with me. He's going to come. But no, no, Stephen, he's going to go watch. He already said he's going to go watch the movie. No, no, no. He's going to come with me. Continuity be damned. Right. Wait, where are you going? Aren't you coming with me? Everyone no, I'm going to watch Casablanca. I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm a nice guy. Everyone likes me. I think my jacket, my jacket hypnotizes people. So after this, we get our title. And we get, we find out that Brian Cox, hold your breath, wait for it, is the villain. <laughs> we knew that. I mean. I also love the I also love the, the 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 early foreshadowing scene where he's um where where he's where he where the first thing we meet him where he's just reading the paper and goes ten ways to spend your weekend <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in his menacing tone just like hmm <laughs> five dollars off shoes mm. <laughs> and the worst part about this this whole thing is. It's just an exposition so we can find out that Steven Seagal had uh, CIA uh, military black ops training. You know what? He has fought with a credit card. Um, he has cleared uh, the gap between two buildings uh, with a child in his arms. Uh, sorry, full-grown teenager who's at least 35 in his arms mm-hmm. with no loss of trajectory. Okay? He... We know that he has some sort of. Tra- I don't need this exposition. And they say the word. They say he. They called him the glimmer man, because he'd see nothing, and then a glimmer, and then you'd be dead. In the and, jungle. And that's it. In the jungle. And I'm like, I no. You don't name a movie after something so one off about like. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and that's that's not how that's not how his character behaves. He is he is quite obvious. He is um, he he kind of he kind of just heavy foot heavy foots his way through every fight. You know yeah. he is he is he he vanishes with he does not vanish and leaves many traces. <laughs> right, especially not now. <laughs> so now it's time for Keenan to get attacked in his home by a ninja, mm. and he also gets to outrun. <laughs> <laughs> when you least expect it. So they're called ninjas. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does get to outrun a fireball, which I'm really shocked that Seagal didn't put in the script for himself. Yeah. Um, the, the, this was actually, for me, the, like, the saddest part of the movie because all of that classic film memorabilia that I'm sure meant something in an earlier draft. An earlier draft, cut, right. Just gets yeah. destroyed. Yeah. That he was, yeah. That he—he's a film buff. He was—he enjoyed film with his with his family or with his father or something. Yeah, but we don't get any of that. We just get all this classic memorabilia that just goes up in flames. You know, you know, in this in this classic film unto itself. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And while this is all happening, Seagal also um, is taken in by these two people who say, you know, we're taking you into the station. And he finds, he discovers quickly that there are some, there are a couple of bad guys and he escapes yeah. and blows them up <laughs> because they're right. so, they're so good. He very, because... he very willingly goes with them. He doesn't suspect anything. He's just like, uh, until he sees oh, this, where, like, we, where this are we going? Okay. Spetsnaz or uh, brotherhood tattoo or whatever. So he knows that they're in the mafia. Yeah. And, and, rather... in Russian, and then right. they respond. Yeah. Right. Dude, the, now it's like, Every dumb person is in this car. 
We do then have a classic bit, though, where Seagal gets to take tell another joke because he goes to Keenan Wayne's apartment and he says, like, hey, the CDs still look okay. Do you mind if I take them? <laughs> right. And I mean, if you're a sp- I mean, a if you're a very spiritual person, you're not going to you're you're not going to be preoccupied with material possessions, especially when someone's uh, when someone's place has uh, has burned has burned down. But again, oh. that's. He he definitely shoehorned that in. Wouldn't it be funny if I? What about the CD? It'd be funny if I said, "Hey, uh, I like stuff." I uh, know, uh, yeah. You're uh, supposed this, to be a Buddhist, Stephen. What if um? What if one of them's uh, Duran Duran? I could be like, I my Kirk could be. I really love Duran Duran. Uh, I'm hungry because I'm hungry like wolf. Get it? Uh. Stephen, you're supposed to be a Buddhist. You know, your you, uh, your rejection of all material belongings. No, but I like Duran Duran. <laughs> what if they? Had... <laughs> what if they had cut to the CDs and one of them had been like the Dalai Lama on tape? <laughs> before, See, before he goes and helps Keenan with his, um, uh, for some reason, as Steven Seagal calls it a shitbox, that apartment was huge. It's like a studio. It's like a, a movie apartment. A like, what do you yeah, But I, yes, I think it's because like it burned down, but it's it, it's like half a joke that doesn't deliver. No. no. Like, um, but it's like shit. the oh. um when he's escaping from the the false arrest and he he basically sends the uh, the other guys uh, off into like a tanker truck, it starts exploding before they hit it. Mm-hmm. Classic like, Hollywood. The only thing it was missing was the like multiple cuts of the explosion, like <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. That would have yeah. been the that would have been the, that's the ninety one ninety staple they were missing. We, we we got an L.A. riots reference too because oh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Is your place always like this? Yeah, I bought all this stuff after the riots. Hilarious. <laughs> and then yeah, and and then they and then they have another another callback to that joke. Um, they make another riot joke when they when they interrogate that one dude. And oh. he like looks at he looks at Keenan Ivory Aids and, and is like is like oh you look like you you look like you've been in a riot. <sighs> and then. My my favorite bit in that is because it just makes absolutely no sense. It, it's it, you, you know he that guy says to him like, "Oh, you look like you've been in a riot." And then Seagal goes, "He looks like he's been in a riot." <laughs> like what? The fuck is that? He's, he's, he's just a- like his, his idea. He he because he always has to have that. He always has to have the last line, and he couldn't. He was obviously like his. His, you know his um his pain pills were like kicking in at that time, so all he could think of was like, <laughs> I'll just uh, I'll repeat the last line that he said. He looks like if he said you look like you've been right, so I'll say he looks like you've been right. <laughs> See the thing is, I, I do that to Brendan all the time when we're having technical difficulties, and uh, but at least when I do it, I I'm doing it knowing that it sounds ridiculous. I don't think he felt that it sounded ridiculous. Yeah. I think he thought that's that's a zinger. I'm saying that I'm getting that one line. right. It's a good line because he said it before, but now I say it because it's better if I, I say it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you saw my. Uh, I don't know if you saw that episode of Saturday Night Live I hosted five years ago, but I got to sing Kung Fu Fighting with Chris Rock. It was pretty great. Oh my! <laughs> I killed. I killed it. They didn't have me back on because they were intimidated. Was, well, so was, I mean, I got, they so never funny. had me back on because it was a perfect episode. I mean, where can you go from that? I heard it was canceled after my episode. I don't know. I don't watch it anymore. I don't watch it anymore. But uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, if, if that doesn't that doesn't sell you, watch my watch my Arsenio Hall appearance. <laughs> so I got I got. Are we all on the same page that Steven Seagal is just a Donald Trump that knows kung fu? 
I mean, he has, he's, yeah, he's been, um, he's, he's attended like multiple, uh, like several, um, several like Republican conventions. He he's, loves the he, Russians. He loves the Russians. He's, he was, uh, he spoke out against Obama. Uh, you know, Awful uh, misogynist. I'm just saying. So mm-hmm. he, I, he's, he's no more than a notch or two. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm sure they, <laughs> I'm sure they golf together. The two of them. <laughs> I'm sure there's many unflattering photos. Um, Watch out for those sand pits. I won't tell anyone you cheated if you didn't tell anyone that I don't know Kung Fu. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So Johnny, that guy that the uh, the guy that was like the son of the mafia dude. Yeah, Mr. um, Devereaux's stepson. Yeah, we find out that um, he's in a he has a therapist. He has a therapist. Me be. Are you good? Sanitarium. That's Master of Puppets. That's a classic Metallica. I only know the chorus. Good job. Good job. <laughs> uh, but Johnny says, like, yeah, I've um, I have a therapist. Right, right, right now. I could, I could just do it. Acapella. Would you like that? No, that's that costs too much money. We're okay. good. We're good. We don't have it in the budget. Wait, wait a little longer for Patreon to come in. <laughs> I don't think Metallica's not known to be litigious, are they? No, not at all. In fact, um, they openly oh, no, advocated no, no. for Napster uh, when right. they started. So Johnny has a therapist, and he they find out that basically uh, his father was freaking out because he doesn't know what he's telling the therapist about his business, and Brian Cox wants him to kill his own son, and he's like, okay, if you don't do it, I will. Seagal then hilariously lays in the in the bed where they expect the kid to be and then kills the would-be assassin and then of course they place him under protective custody of nuns who by the way i don't think will be able to stop an assassin i i well i don't know i mean will be goldberg i mean she was able to avoid the mafia and sister act i'm just gonna i mean it would have been a great cameo that would have been a great cameo. Can you imagine her dealing with Steven Seagal? Like, like kick his ass. Like, like <laughs> mid '90s Whoopi Goldberg, not taking shit from anybody, still kind of like mad at stuff. Dealing with I Steven mean, Seagal. I'm surprised he hasn't been on The View. <laughs> oh my god! He would get eviscerated by everyone except uh, <laughs> Megan Kane. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey Barbara, is your your vision really 2020? Haha, I gotcha. <laughs> See, that could be funny too. Anyway, have you ever seen the time I hosted Saturday Night Live? <laughs> Sorry, I like mentioning uh, that in every interview. Yeah. Uh, are we gonna do a sketch? We're we gonna do a sketch. Uh, this isn't a sketch show; it's a talk show. Uh, we should do a sketch. I, it should be in a, a costume. Like I'm gonna be a therapist, and every time you come. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Whoopi, Barbara, you're gonna be my patients. Okay. Uh, I'm a method actor. <laughs> oh, he's a he is a meth head actor. See what I did there? See what I, I did, did there? Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank um you. trust me, just uh looking at him nowadays, he is not a meth head. Um <laughs> so anyway <laughs> Uh, Seagal is. What are we gonna Yeah, they they catch up with Brian Cox and they're torturing him for a while. They shoot Why him in both his Brian hands. Brian Cox look like fucking Colonel Sanders in this at this point. <laughs> He's because like a, well, I say I say. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been great. Wolverine, I done captured you, son. 
and started doing foghorn leghorn. That'd be awesome. I just, uh, I just put the adamantium in your bones. I say, I say, I say, you let my fun, my son find you. He's not a mutant. That was a joke, son. Come on. Laugh, boy, laugh. Come on. <laughs> Dance, boy, dance! He's like shooting at his feet. <laughs> they torture him, um, and uh, and and then they they start setting up this like they start setting up this chess game, as Seagal said, because they tell the mob dude Deverell that um, his trigger man, who we find out is the second killer. Uh, they find out who the trigger man is, and then they tell the and then Keenan tells the trigger man that he was sold down the river. So they basically set them up to murder each other, which I'm like, I don't think you can do that as cops. This movie wishes it was as smart as it thinks it is. Speaking to your Trump theory, the the name of the, the thug's name is Donald. There you go. All right. All right. Yeah, no, that's, that, that just that more evidence in the pile. I'm going to put it over here. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the yeah. trigger... <laughs> the trigger man Donald ends up killing Deverell because he sold him down the river. Keenan runs into a couple of kids and and uh, in the apartment building where they're in it says showdown on Sesame Street. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Hey, hey Keenan, what if you said uh, showdown on Sesame Street because the kids, right? Yeah, because you know what was what was hilarious uh, was that some like kids that really got shot by cops who thought they had you know, guns when they had fake guns. Yeah. Not, that yeah, actually not happened like, at all. around yeah. this time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, that's the thing. It's, it's not even a situation where like where you're in hindsight. It's like, you know, that's kind of problematic these days. That was problematic back then. As are honestly, as are a lot of things that people like to say, no, that's just hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> no, birth of a nation. Uh, that's just racist now. <laughs> right. It was perfectly great storytelling. Look back, great storytelling. There was no NAACP uh protest whatsoever. All although purely situational. <laughs> although uh Keenan does say, get the hell out of here and take Whoopi Goldberg with you. Because oh, one of the kids oh, had like the dreads, yeah. So maybe she was supposed to be in this movie, guys. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been great if she had been the glimmer man? Yes. Have you ever seen Fatal Beauty? I'm just putting it out there. Her and Sam Elliott. Uh, Keenan almost gets killed. And luckily, Seagal saves him, though, by uh, repelling himself down the side of a building. And they smash through the window of an old lady's apartment. And it's supposed to be that action trope where, like, you know, they go into someone's place and someone's like, oh, oh, my God. But they even do that really lazy because there's, like, no joke there. She's just kind of like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Like, There's nothing. Old lady. Get it? Uh, Seagal squares off with the trigger man Donald. He beats the shit out of him. It's a very one-sided fight. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how are we even to so doubt for like a second that this perfect specimen will have any trouble fighting Donald the trigger man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, with his yeah perfect specimen with his uh, his perfect little little Buddhist pot belly. <laughs> it was it was coming along at this time. It was like mm-hmm. it was starting. Oh yeah, to... you can see it just kind of poking out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, he wasn't full Seagal yet, but it was getting there. Yeah. Um, no. But he kills the trigger man Donald, and uh, we have this hilarious joke at the end where I think this was just behind the scenes that they happened to capture on video. Is Keenan Ivory Wayans just telling Seagal to stay out of his life? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel like he. <laughs> He did that behind the scenes, and they were like, hey, can you work that into the movie? Just use his character's name. 
And then make one last powdered deer penis joke. Ah, to close it out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it. I mean, and that's and that's the thing. At the end of the movie, like there's, there's you know, in any in any buddy cop movie or any buddy movie period, there's always there's always a reason for the two characters to come together. They they evolve throughout the film, and in this one, there's absolutely no, no one. They don't learn anything from each other. Like you know. You know, at the end, basically, Keen Keen Ivory Wayne just says, "You've ruined my life," and Seagal just goes like, "Uh, uh-huh, I did." Uh-huh. And it's just <laughs> he's completely indifferent. Um. So as we reach the end of the film, now I turn it to you uh, first, Galen. Uh, would mm-hmm. you recommend the Glimmer Man? I mean, definitely fast forward. I mean, there's some great scenes in it. Like I was, I I I was. I was definitely concerned that there wouldn't be like enough material in this. And there definitely, I mean, I was, I mean, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed myself. I mean, I was taking copious notes. I mean, but, <laughs> but I, but like, but other than that, I, I don't know why you would necessarily like inflict this on, you know, inflict this film on you, on yourself. I mean, <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's angering. It's perplexing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you if you like this particular kind of torture, I mean, I suppose. But uh, I mean, there are definitely some scenes that delivered. But I mean, I mean, I mean, like the the Tobolowsky scene was great. The and 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 honestly, like the you know, like on like a B action movie level, like the um, like the Russian kidnapping scene with the explosion. I mean, that definitely delivered. But other than that, it's just it's maddening throughout. It makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't, you know, it, it, uh, it you know, none of it delivers, and you're just you feel bad for Keenan Ivory Wayne's that he didn't pick a better movie. I mean, so eh. <laughs> All right, glowing. Uh, Nathan, what do you think? Uh, I would not recommend this movie, but I would recommend if he's listening, Stephen Tobolowsky, put your scenes from this movie on your demo reel. Yeah. Get some dramatic roles, my friend, because I think I, I really I I can't say enough about uh, he was, uh, as I've said before, an ocean of real. Uh, sorry, an island of reality in the ocean of diarrhea that was Glimmerman. <laughs> well put. I'm also going to join the herd and say there's no real reason to watch this movie. Um, there are a couple of scenes like we talked about, like they're just you kind of need to see them to believe some of the stuff that happens in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stephen Tobolowsky makes five minutes of the movie uh, passable. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty rough <laughs> movie. And so if you rough, don't like so. Steven Seagal as an actor or a person, you will not enjoy this. So what you're saying is Matt's dad would love this movie. Oh yeah. I remember you telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> Get a friend, his, uh, his dad, um, was a Steven Seagal fanatic. I'm not even kidding. Uh, yeah. uh, we, uh, they, we went over to move them at, at one point because uh, they were changing you know, places, and he had like a row of Steven Seagal movies, like Above the Law, Out for Justice, all like the, the ones that yeah. everyone went to see because they didn't realize he was such a giant piece of shit at the time, all the way up yeah. to, like I think it was like, 
the Patriot, but not you know the one with Mel Gibson, but you know the right. Yeah, right. that was his first. That was like his first, his first uh, direct-to-video money. Yeah, yes. actually, actually, my dad was also a huge Seagal fan. Like he, he was, he loved all of the, he loved action movies in general, like Van Damme and uh, and Stallone and all that. But he, he especially, he especially loved Seagal because he, um, for a while, he took about like two or three years of Aikido. Um, you know, kind of like part of his like midnight midlife crisis. You know, he, uh, you know, he he like got a he got a sports car. He started taking martial arts, and so he was heavy into Seagal for for a few years, um, up until like the you know the Patriot era. So we yeah, so there was a lot of there was a lot of Seagal in the house. When I, I got I got I I got most of my exposure from uh, for Seagal. I make it sound like it's a pathogen of some sort, but I mean, <laughs> kind of is. Uh, but because my dad was a big action guy, but he always was more of a straightforward, um, bruiser action guy, like, like a lot of Stallone and, um, and, uh, Schwarzenegger and to a lesser extent, the Van Dams, uh, if I could steal a Simpsons line. Uh, but Seagal, I don't think Seagal ever really did it for him just simply because he, he, he he's a nothing burger there's nothing going on dead behind the eyes let's let's put him in the category right now brendan yeah he's going on the awards nominations for sure um and for me (laughs) i'm trying to think i think the only and this is this is blowing my mind just just thinking about it but i think the only other steven seagal movies i've ever seen were just under siege one and two okay right first one's actually not Uh, that bad i'm gonna say in um other fun fact, apparently. Um, you mean interesting tidbit? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, yeah, tidbit. Tommy Lee Jones was originally cast in the Brian Cox role. No, oh, that makes sense. Really? Yeah. yeah. Then that yeah, would explain why he was dressed like Colonel Sanders. Out of last minute. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> boy, well, I say yeah. boy, boy. <laughs> he dropped out when he suddenly remembered how horrible it was filming with uh, filming under siege. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i can only imagine like because i don't think tommy lee jones is known for being the, having the most sunny disposition either so i can only imagine like the back and forth between those two on the oh set of under god. siege <laughs> yeah Lord. um okay well that's uh that's uh that's the movie so we are going to take a brief break and we will be right back what were they What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What were they thinking? And we're back. We're back. Yes. Oh, welcome to uh, NPR Radio. Uh, uh, don't forget, uh, later on, uh, King Biscuit Flower Hour will be up, and uh, we will also, uh, apparently, um, uh, Garrison Killer uh, will be by to give us uh, several stories of Lake Wobegon. 
Uh, but now it is time for the low haiku. Mm, yes, the low haiku. 17 perfect syllables to depict the movie that we just spent the last hour and some change talking about. And to start us off as our guest, uh, Mr. Galen Howard, would you like to read your low haiku? I would be proud to. Thank you. All right. My haiku as, is as follows. Buddhists seek an end to suffering. Clearly, they did not make this film. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'll read my haiku here. Seagal, glimmer man. No amount of deer penis can stop this illness. Right. Oh, very good. I shall uh, I'll wrap this up here with uh, Keenan looked so sad. Glimmer, glimmer, glimmer man. Career circling drain. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you did there. Yes. Very, very good. Nice. And uh, we're going to go, 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 go. Ouch. There we go. Back. Back. And we are up. Good to go. It's like seven lines of coke right there. Hard as a rock. Uh, Nathan, yes. what do we always say on this show? Well, you know what we have been inclined to say in the past? Don't take a word for us! That's right, folks. Um, I don't know how this happened, but this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, well, I know how this happened. 12% of the critics liked it. More than Street Fighter, Nathan. That's, 2% that's more. insane. And 18% more of the audience liked this movie than Street no, Fighter. No, I don't believe it. No. 38%. We're living in the upside down. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> wow. Um, well, let's Street Fighter is heads and shoulders above this movie, in my opinion. <laughs> Let's get into it here. Um, the, the critics, uh, Quentin Curtis of the Daily Telegraph says, John Gray's The Glimmer Man is strictly for Steven Seagal fans, if there is such a species. Oh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's see here. Uh, Richard Harrington of the Washington Post wrote, <laughs> the plot of The Glimmer Man involves not only the family man, but our evil, our our evil secret government, uh, deep state, the Russian mafia, and rich power politicians, the three stooges of action cinema in the nineties, all melded into one. Yeah, I'll make, I'll make one movie. Uh, all movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we weren't um, we weren't alone in that in in some of our references because. Um, Michael Dequina of the Movie Report says um, the quote-unquote plot is an odd mishmash of a typical Seagal vehicle, lethal weapon, and seven, with a, with a wisecracking Keenan Ivory Waynes teaming up with Seagal to catch a serial killer. <laughs> yep. Um, this, one, <laughs> this one goes a little personal. Uh, this is from Time Out Ooh. magazine. And it says, although this slick Seagal action pick won't convert diehard detractors, aficionados will note that he's both gained weight and lightened up. I I think it's also notable that that is from one of the few positive reviews. It is a positive review. It's a positive review. Okay. (laughs) That's Uh, a positive review. (laughs) 
Jeff Millar of the Houston Chronicle wrote, Subtract the gruesomeness, the language, and some naked stuff, and the film is indistinguishable from an episode of a TV cop show. It, I will say that um, if if they did cut out the the Russian crime aspect, it was the the whole Family Man thing was reminiscent of an episode of Criminal Minds. Honestly, I probably would have liked this movie better if they just stuck to the one plot. Right, right. Like at Thank least you. at least as a dumb fun movie. Well, yeah, you can tell that they just they just you know again he wanted to make every movie and they just kept adding in. One thing after another. Like, oh, but what about this? What about this? Uh, I want to take down the the Russian mob too. Don't 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 forget don't forget to to include the scene where I can tell what which tits are fake. You guys got the yeah. deer, deer, and, deer and penis yeah, jokes. That I, sent you, right? I can tell she's Russian. <laughs> all, all, all seven pages of deer penis jokes that I sent you. You got those right. <laughs> all right, Galen, send us send us home for the, uh, the 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 professional critics reviews. Um. Well, also from the um, also from the movie report, the uh, I think this is, this is a great send off. Um, Glimmer should be just that a flash in the box office pan that quickly vanishes without a trace. Oh, there you go. Burn. All right, guys, let's get into the That's... meat of this Rotten Tomatoes experiment. Let's get into the uh, the audience reviews, because I've got a. Wonderful one here from Mr. Brock G. And uh, Brock G says, when I think of an objectively good movie, well-directed and criminally underrated, the Glimmer Man is the first thing that comes to mind. Pay attention to the movie. It's a buddy cop movie throughout and starts off as a comedy, but becomes serious toward the middle and end when Seagal found out his ex-wife was killed, Seagal and Wayans dodging the Russian mafia, tracking down who set them up and being five steps ahead of the curb, smart characters who connect the dots and think logically. The forensic aspect of this film is what makes it so compelling. Discovering who the family, ma- how the family man thinks, and the glimmer man bringing him to justice is what this film gets right on so many levels. Five stars. We I, I don't, think... we don't understand. We we never understand how he thinks because he's there. He's on screen for four minutes. That's right. Per- personally, I think old Brock needs a, an ADD medication of some sort because if he was able to follow it and say this makes sense. He's got some attention deficit disorder. Uh, but Street J, Street J also loved it. Uh, in fact, so much so that he starts off with his review of, I love this movie. Partially because I love watching Steven Seagal. But Wayans is a decent sidekick. And the cast, namely Gunton and Cox, are interesting, always. Actors to watch. This movie had it all and is still entertaining. Five stars. Wrong, Street J. <laughs> um, let's see, Andrew K. Um, Are we um, and and not Andrew W. K. I mean, oh. maybe, maybe. Um, that's yeah. This is his reviewing title. Um, <laughs> but it, um, attempts to make a, a joke here, but doesn't really work. It goes. He says, um, it's like powdered deep deer penis. It may be good for you, but it still tastes horrible. I don't, how is it I good mean, for you? This film is not good. I don't think this film is it, good for you. It helps with allergies, as they explained in the movie. So if you have allergies, <laughs> uh, get yourself some powdered deer penis. 
Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so this one is from Patrick W. I can only assume is Patrick Warburton. I thought uh, it was Patrick Wilson from The Conjuring. It could be both. They could be <laughs> posting under the same uh, account. Uh, they share it. <laughs> they're they're roommates. Um, simply reads. Seagal plus a Wayans brother equals oh yeah three and a half stars. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I got a review from Guido S, which I can only assume is Guido Sarducci. Do the voice. He writes, Steven Seagal is a basically himself, a spiritual martial artist who was full of cheese, and is a brought to the help with the serial killer called the Family Man. A killer whose families, who kills families, hangs them up on crucifixions. But sounds like would be a good, actually kind of uh, enjoyed it for a while, felt incredibly tongue-in-cheek, and there wouldn't be serious about this. Then the plot started to unfold, and I couldn't see the clear day. Who was the killer would be soon to be as I walked on the screen. He should have just tore the mustache and looked sinister to make it more so. So it follows. This is a pretty standard buddy cop affair. Only... Uh, to have a charm at the beginning when it was obvious uh, what was going to happen. Uh, should have been gone all in the irony. This might have been good. I saw the Pope. <laughs> Two stars. I, I also expected uh, okay. perhaps uh, find the Popes in the pizza contest. <laughs> that wasn't verbatim. I, if I was doing the Sarducci voice, I had to drop stuff. So. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Uh, well, uh, Derek D uh, t- says um, it's not rush hour. True. But thank God it's not, because if Wayans was even half as annoying and unfunny as Chris Tucker, I would have thrown this DVD into the fireplace before the classroom scene. Oh, so let's be clear. Fire. His main detractor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his biggest concern was that Keenan Ivory Wayans was not going to be spot on. Yeah. Right. He knew mm-hmm. Steven Seagal yeah, was going to send home concern. a quality product. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted no, to, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. That's yeah. That's his. That's his ace in the hole right there. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm going to read two in a row just because one is very quick. Um. It's right. from Kyle B. And he simply says, "LOL. I reviewed The Glimmer Man. One and a half stars." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sir. But DG DGJ says detectives Jack Cole and Jim Campbell have just been assigned to track down the family man, a heinous serial killer who slaughters entire households. Their efforts embroil the pair in a spiraling dot, dot, dot detectives Jack Cole and Jim Campbell have just been assigned to track down the family man, a heinous serial killer who slaughters entire households. Their efforts embroil the pair in a spiraling web of intrigue involving the Russian mob, the CIA, deceitful government agents, mercenaries, and even arms trading. Cole and Campbell need to be careful because one mistake could be their last five stars. That's just the box. And he repeated it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just off the back of the VHS. Okay. Uh, I got a review here from Scott S. I'm assuming it's Scott Steiner. Good movie! I enjoyed the playoff between Wayans and Seagal. The level of acting was acceptable. Brian Cox is exceptionally good at playing a scumbag. I felt the movie was not quite, but almost in line with Under Siege in terms of quality. Four stars! Classic wrestling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um... Oh, well, yeah, uh, so this review is from Chris, period, 
Um, and uh, and he's and he says Steven Seagal beats up a lot of people and has a blade in his credit card. Of course, it's a four star movie. <laughs> I mean, in writing, that makes sense. Yeah, on, on paper, that that is a brilliant movie. Up. I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I have one more here, and it's from Simply Kyle. Oh, uh, Kyle, God, Kyle, really, Kyle again? <laughs> he gives Kyle. it uh, such a Kyle. He says. I loved it. I thought it was pretty funny and full of action. If someone asked me if it was good, I'd say, hell yeah. Four and a half stars. Smiley face emoticon. (laughs) I forgot about that. Apparently someone asked him. Well, my last one, my last one comes from Adam C. I'm assuming it's Adam Copeland, Mm -hmm. uh, a.k.a. Edge. Mm. Um, So I can't really do a voice, but just imagine I have like, more teeth than humanly possible while I'm saying this. And a man a, bun. <laughs> and a man bun. Yeah. Money plane. It's a <laughs> money it's a, plane. <laughs> it's a great storyline with a nice dark feel. Seagal is at his best in something like this, and the chemistry is really noticeable. Four stars. There you go. As I was waiting for that. <laughs> All right, Galen, you got one more to send us home here. Okay, um, Cornelius C. writes, I can't think of any oh, Cornelius. That's, that's Chevy Chase's real name. Oh, shit. Oh, Cornelius. Cornelius, yeah, Cornelius oh, this Chase. Is, yeah, it's Chevy Chase, yeah. Um, pretty good idea to put Steven Seagal and Keen Ivory Waynes in a movie together, but the movie could have been better. Also funny to see Steven Seagal have a little funny side to him. Three stars. <laughs> I should have done the voice of a dog. That's right. <laughs> karate dog (laughs) yeah yeah or didn't he do another dog movie oh he did oh heavenly dog oh heavenly dog yeah yeah he did the benji movie yeah that was that was what everyone that's why karate dog made so much money right because everyone was waiting for him to return to talking dog movies (laughs) they're like oh it's that oh heavenly dog sequel (laughs) but he knows karate now oh shit steven seagal should have voiced karate dog (laughs) I would, has he? He's done. He's voiced an animal before, hasn't he? I not that Steve I'm aware. Seagal, yeah, not that I'm aware of. Okay, I just, I, I just, it, it, that, 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 that just, that just seems like a, you know, like, like someone, someone would have, someone would have cashed that card yet. An animal is a lesser form of what I am. I can't do it. I can't understand. I, I, I appreciate all beings, but I, I will not. This is. This is the same guy who didn't understand Arsenio Hall's joke when he was talking about Michael Jackson being his neighbor. So I don't think he'd catch on to any of that. No, no, there's a there's a there's a wall between us. We don't we don't see each other. Um, (laughs) Is he playing with bubbles out in the yard and stuff? Do you see like bubbles playing? uh, No, no. No, I don't. He's very private. (laughs) He's very private. Yeah. 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 See each other. There's a a large wall. You can't see over it. And then at the end, scale. he kind of he kind of mumbled it. I remember at the interview, he kind of mumbled at the end. He's like, "Yeah, I'm actually I'm gonna have dinner with him tomorrow night, probably." We're gonna have dinner. It's gonna be great. I'm uh yeah, I'm bringing my meatloaf. Um, secret recipe, family recipe. Secret. <laughs> oh, it's filled with shame and regret. Old mama sickles. <laughs> um. Now, to, in fairness to me, fairness. That's not how that works. Um, I'll give we, I'll give you one if you want though. Okay. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. 
my knowledge or trivial knowledge of Steven Seagal outside of the Saturday Night Live stuff mm-hmm. begins and ends with the fact that he got a career on a bet. Go on. Okay, yeah. so this, uh, I don't know if he was a, uh, a producer or just a movie exec. He had, um, uh, or a talent agent, but he he bet with another one of his peers that he could make anybody a star. And the other guy got to pick, and he picked his this guy who was uh, teaching uh, Aikido at a local dojo. And the rest is history. <laughs> is that it's right? Like, it's it's kind of like the fertilizer salesman story behind Manos, but yeah. it turned out a little different. <laughs> you know, yeah, just, better. Just a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Um, okay, well, that is the movie. Those are the reviews. And before we go any further, uh, Galen, I just want to say thank you for joining us for this. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Again, the uh, you know the the spiritual enlightenment is still wafting through me. I can feel still feel the deer penis, you know, just kind of um, uh, kind of bubbling up. <laughs> or keep it keep it down. I hope you got something to keep that down. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. Once you get that deer penis going, you know. Can't stop it. Um, do you have anything you would like to plug? On October seventh, I'm going to be uh, doing an installment with a um, with, with a group in, a group out of LA called uh, Scripts Gone Wild, and we basically um, you get you get a bunch of um, respectable actors, uh, you know, give them a classic uh, classic script to read, and then get them um, gradually intoxicated throughout the entire thing. So um, we're going to be attempting the uh, creature feature classic uh, arachnophobia. Nice. So, uh, so tune in. Um, it, it'll be it'll be live on um, on YouTube uh, 7:30 uh, 7:30 PST on October 7th. And if you miss it, you can um, it'll be um, uh, it'll be on their website. It'll be on their YouTube page for all eternity. Awesome. And uh, where can people fi- uh, find you uh, on the interwebs? Um, I'm most active on um, on Instagram. Uh, you can just find me at Galen Howard, all one word. Perfect. There you go. Nathan, mm-hmm. it's time to give a hint ski for next week. Okay. Uh, so next week is, you know, October is beginning. It is time for Horror Month. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I'll, I'll give the hint here. Just give me a moment. <clears throat> Got to get into character. Hey, babe, come on into my crypt, all right? Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> uh, so Nathan's a very special occasion uh, for Galen here because he gets to meet a real-life monkey, mm. Uh, mm. Montrose Monkington III. Is he here to say a few words before he we... He absolutely uh, is. I will just do. get in here. Yep. Oh, come on up here, bud. All right. Hello! It's a good friend Montrose Monkington III here. It's nice to meet you, uh, uh, Mr. Galen Howard. I, I see you, you've done very well for yourself, uh, uh, all the Brooklyn Nine-Nines and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and whatnot. Congratulations, good sir. Um, but I would also like to invite you and all the listeners of What Were They Thinking uh, to my YouTube channel, Montrose Monkington TV. Uh, you, you can check out my videos about the wrestling. I do like to talk about that. Although I am going to be starting exploring uh, my, the hosts, my Canadian hosts here. Uh, we'll be looking at the National Film Board, uh, some of their more infamous um, 
uh, entries, if you will. Uh, so do look out for that on Montrose Monkington TV. Uh, if you want to be uh, friends with me, uh, you could uh, check out the Facebook group Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire and Friends uh, on Facebook. And if you, you wish to tweet at me, uh, remember, I had no opposable thumbs, so it might take a little bit of time for me to get back to you. But you can uh, at Montrose the Third. That's the number three uh, D. Thank you. More later. And thank you, Montrose, for wearing clothes this week. I really no, appreciate it. You're welcome. It. It's, it's, you know what? Uh, I, I felt it was um, it was appropriate uh, because of what happened uh, with that, that Milos character uh, last week when I wasn't having clothes. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was unfortunate. It was not not okay. Uh, I'm glad you, you guys. I'm glad you guys didn't get that on, on tape. Uh, <laughs> but I will be filing a grievance, and you will hear from my barrister. Patreon exclusive. Thank you. More later. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Get out of the shot. See ya. Okay. Bye-bye. Just leaving now. Go away. I'm going, I'm going to go down the stairs. Okay, go down. All right. Down. Oh, it's a spiral <laughs> staircase. Oh, no, no, not a spiral going staircase. going this way. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> See ya. I love visual jokes on podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always translate. They always work so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you can uh, you can find us on all the platforms. We're on any podcast app. Just search for us. We'll be there. I assure you. Uh, our home base is www.ttpodcast.podbean.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at www.ttpodcast. Find us on Facebook. What were they thinking? We have a Facebook group. What were they thinking? Interactive. You can find us, of course, on Redbubble, TeePublic, Patreon. Come be a patron. Come have fun. Support. Enjoy. Get some bonus episodes while you're at it. Pick a movie. I don't know. I'm not the boss of you. Do whatever you want. You can be the boss of us if you're a Patreon. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and uh, yeah that's about it so I guess at this point um, after again thanking our guest Galen Howard thank you again for being here thank you I guess I just have questions for you Nathan you do yeah I just have a few okay well I'll I'll see what I can do man well in a movie Mm -hmm. where um, Steven Seagal is not given any kind of he's a perfect character as far as the movie is concerned he is a perfect character oh okay with no flaws right in in a movie in which as galen said earlier in the episode uh keenan keenan ivor waynes makes a lot of racist jokes yeah a little bit a little bit in in a movie in which steven tobolowski saves eight percent of it (laughs) conservatively yeah admirable and in a movie in which um somehow uh, Seagal can uh, defy the law of physics by going through two buildings' windows, even though the trajectory would send him to the ground. Mm -hmm. And in a movie with powdered deer penis. Right. I just have to ask. What were they thinking? Everybody was kung fu
to a 